Hi, everyone. This is Jack, co-host of the Summer Reading Podcast, coming at you live, not live, but not dead either, far in the future, before we even start to tell you that we like to swear. It's an explicit podcast. It's not crazy, uh, but we do say bad words, you know, like fooey, and we call each other cur a lot, like almost nonstop, and uh, what have you. We're good for a good what have you here uh, here and there. So just so you know, if you want to protect your, your delicate paper ears from uh, our, our cutting remarks, um, just be aware of that. So uh, sit back or, I don't know, go for a jog, whatever you do when you listen to podcasts. I'm not your dad. I could be. We don't know. Pretty sure I'm not. Send me a letter. Coming up on the Summer Reading Podcast. Sometimes like <laughs> shitstorm where your dog eats the contents of a diaper and ah. oh, I love my dog, but she's disgusting. <laughs> your dog always seems to be going through it. <laughs> yes. All the times I've seen your dog, it's never been like I'm having a good time right now. It's like at any given moment, I am going to explode. Welcome to the Summer Reading Podcast, the podcast where a professor and a librarian read and review all of the books you were assigned in English class. I'm your professor. My name is Jack. My pronouns are he, him, his. And I'm your librarian. My name is Marty, and my pronouns are she, her, hers. We've never done three pronouns, Jack. You're throwing me off. Well, (laughs) (laughs) okay, let's start over. (laughs) Director comes in. Cut. Jack the line. <laughs> Quit improvising, Kroll. <laughs> and uh, today, don't you know what? We are listening to... <clears throat> nope. We're reading... <laughs> We're reading Because of Wind dixie by Kate DiCamillo. Yes. Uh, before we get into that, Marty, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. This is our, our second record, listeners. Um, we, uh, we're doing a twofer today, and uh, I got my baby next to me. She is now in her, her little bouncy seat that has magic, what I call magic fingers, um, so hopefully she'll stay contented and uh, happy with her toys there. Yeah. Yeah. She's been poop-free since 3.33. Exactly. Um, yeah, so no, I'm good. I'm good. Life is good. Uh, how about you, Jack? How you doing? Oh, well, I mean, I feel like you're kind of bragging there, but. <laughs> All right, life is good at the moment. Sometimes like shitstorm where your dog eats the contents of a diaper and ah. Oh, I love my dog, but she's disgusting. <laughs> your dog always seems to be going through it. <laughs> yes. All the times I've seen your dog, it's never been like, I'm having a good time right now. It's like, at any given moment, I am going to explode. I know. She's such a good girl. You've never seen her when she's like in her lazy times at the end of the day. She's she's a great, great dog to like snuggle on the couch with. But yeah, she's always been on the clock. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I've been there. Oddly enough, as I was reading Winn-Dixie, I was like, hmm, this dog feels very familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I get to talk with my friend. Yeah, it's great for uh, two hours plus. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we have proof. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so weird way. Oh, you have friends? What, where's your proof? <laughs> oh, my my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> podcast? It always feels like a little sheepish thing. Yeah. So like, do you have a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gonna it, it's gonna be a little um fast and loose today yeah that's good um, though right i think it makes, yeah. it makes for good content right yeah. <laughs> uh fast and loose and quick because we have uh, a time limit we do because i have to go pick my other one up from i his... tend not to work under these conditions i know but, i'm um <laughs> I'm, I'm fucking everything up over here <laughs> And I, I want the listener to know I'm not judgmental of Marty. <laughs> I know. No, they know. Every- no, I'm, this is for my mom. Oh, I see. I see. Gotcha. Yeah, Rosa, okay. it's all good. We're just bantering. So, <laughs> Marty puts up with a lot on that podcast. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so let's let's um. Let's let's talk about uh, because I went Dixie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's published in two thousand. Two thousand. So this is relatively not the not for the most us, recent. For us, it's a newish one, though, right? Yeah, I I don't know what the other like most recent ones we've read. Tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Yes. I think is the, the uh, most by recent, far for sure. The most recent. Then yeah. the hate you give. Yep. Um, then probably Hunger Games. Oh, yeah, Hungry Games, yeah. which was, what, 2008, I believe? I think that's right, yeah. Uh, we only did a whole <laughs> podcast on it. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, so this was 2000, recent, uh, just a hearty 23 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's not so recent, that that person could oh. drink legally. Oh, so. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, it feels recent, Jack. Well, what's fantastic <laughs> about being born in the year 2000 is you never have to think about how old you are. It's true. Yeah. I think I, I lucked out because I was born on a five year. Oh, yeah. I was born on a four. So, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. No, this must I'm, be hard. I'm just screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, so Kate, Kate DiCamillo, um, I think most famous for writing because of Windex. Yeah. Would you? agree with that i would agree with she, that yeah she's she's fairly prolific mm-hmm. she's written a bunch of um books i don't know why it took me so <laughs> well and <laughs> i will say as as a children's librarian like she is she is gold star like author you know everybody everybody knows kate z camillo um when they have a young child it seems you know not everybody loves her but I, I think everybody mm-hmm. knows her because I think Win Dixie is now one of those books that's taught every you know in almost every <laughs> it's, curriculum. It's taught. We're talking, <laughs> um, Mr. Popper's Penguins, exactly kind of level. Yes. of book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R- Roald Dahl's canon. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It reminds me. We said we were going to do Shel Silverstein one of these days. Oh fuck! That's right. We have to yeah. do him. Yeah. So I, uh, in taking my notes, I did probably the most morbid thing that I've ever done, which is I left a gap uh, next to her birth year, just to <laughs> just to state that she's still with us. Yeah, well, it's a, if it changes, I'm able to fill it in. Aww, um, aww. So, <laughs> so she won the Newberry honor. <laughs> 
Uh, the Newberry, that, that's like the Pulitzer of children. Yes, it is. Books. Yeah, it, it's the Newberry like, is a big, is a big stinking deal. The, it's the award. Yes. Um, so the, there's I, the Newberry and the Caldecott. And I, I would say the Caldecott is, you know, that's for illustration. The Newberry is really the literature award. Um, although that's changing. There are, um, there are numerous other, um, uh, children's book awards, but yeah, the Newberry is still sort of like the gold standard. I would say. Uh, yeah. And so it's a big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Big deal. And this is the book that did it. Yep. Yep. Winn-Dixie um, is the winner. And so the the thing with reading up on authors that are still with us is there tends not to be as much information to go through. Yes. But I did. I did find on uh, Katie Camillo's website. Hey, I was there uh, too. I was. <laughs> it's the place. It is uh, the place to be. Um, I was reading up on these frequently asked questions mm-hmm. that people said about her work, um, and she answered this question: "Where did you get the idea for Because of Win Dixie?" And I thought uh, it was apropos, and I'd like to read her answer. Sure. So. Um, uh, someone asked, where did you get the idea for Because of Winn-Dixie? And she replied, I wrote Because of Winn-Dixie during the worst winter on record in Minnesota. I was cold and lonely and homesick for Florida, where I grew up. I couldn't afford to go home, but I could write a book that took me there. Also, it was the first time in my life that I had been without a dog. I was living in an apartment where no dogs were allowed, but there weren't any rules about imaginary dogs. So I made made a dog up, the best dog I could think of, a smelly, friendly, big old mutt. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I will say that I really, um, I, in reading her website, and in, I, I, I told you before we started recording that I, I heard her speak when I was working at the Cambridge Public Library, and she is um, she's a very uh, lovely person to, to talk to and to read, um, read about, and uh, yeah. So I don't know, and I, I love that she loves dogs so much. I think that's really nice. Yeah, it's it fits. Yeah, it fits, and I don't it know. Fits. I'm a do- I'm a dog lover too. So I, like I said, my my dog keeps me on my toes, but I love her so much. So, uh, so let's let's go here. I I did this out of order, but um, no one's gonna arrest me for it. Have you read this one before? I have. Yes, this was a, a reread for me. I did not read it as a young child because I am old. So. <laughs> <laughs> 23 years ago, I was... You're reading those children books again! <laughs> 23 years ago, I was in high school, so I did not read Winn-Dixie when it came out. Um, but, I read a uh, series of unfortunate events in college. But yeah, you know, I just... mean... I So I read this when I was working in the children's room. Um, mm-hmm. I was not a an official librarian yet but I um I picked up the book because I um because I I heard Kate speak and then I um I read the book that was um being published at the time which was Ramey Nightingale um which I highly recommend it's a really good book um and then I was like you know I should really go back and read like her her biggin um so I read Because of Winn-Dixie um so it's it's a fairly recent read within the past decade um how about you Jack? This was a reread. Yeah. I don't remember. I was talking to you before we started. Uh, I don't remember the first time I read it, but yeah. I'm confident it wasn't during the bad year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, 
This is when I go on my Goodreads and I see that, oh, 2017, <laughs> it was May. I was like, fuck! <laughs> um, uh, as I said, I don't remember if this was one of the books that appeared on my mom's uh, local access television show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good contender. But I do remember, uh, I think I read it around 2005, which is when the movie oh, came out. Oh, yeah, and so okay. 2005, uh, it was middle school. Yeah, yeah. Ish, I think. Uh, so uh, I read it then, and then I reread it last weekend. Yep. When I was hanging out with my on Friday when I was hanging out with my parents. Oh, nice. And my dad went for a motorcycle ride. Then he came home, and he took a nap on the couch, and I read the whole book. Beautiful. Between him falling asleep and waking up. That's great. Uh, and I was like, Dad, you slept through that whole book. He was like, What? <laughs> no. What? Have you started it already? And I was like, no. He's like, huh. Oh, that's <laughs> just, great. That's so It was funny. really, really endearing. Um, uh, doing that. So I don't remember it. I, I think I was a child when it came out. So I read it. I, I imagine I read it around that time. Yeah. I think I think this also was closer to the period where I liked reading as a kid. Yeah. Before I went to my, my book-free adolescence. Right, right. Um, with that. But yeah, it was a reread for me. Nice. Yeah. Um. It, uh, I don't know what I was just going to say. I'm sorry. I, like, completely lost my train of thought mid, mid-sentence there. Um, oh, that's what it was. I actually just um, posted, for those of you who follow me on my Instagram, I posted something um, from Kate DiCamillo's, um account where she, she was having a package delivered to her home, and uh, the delivery person was was double checking the name he said oh D. Camillo and she said yep and he said Kate and then he said wait a minute did you write because of Winn-Dixie and um and she said yes I did and he he said I remember my third grade teacher reading that to me and she said I could that she could see in this adult man's face that he was just he was transported back to being that third grader listening to this story and and she said so this is my way of saying like read read to kids they remember it 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 sticks with them and I just I thought it was such a lovely little anecdote especially because I I really love that she didn't make it about her she didn't make it about well look at how important my book was it's like no the important thing is hashtag humble brag is that his teacher read to him right like I, I love that and I love that it was third grade because I think um I talk about this a lot um, with parents. I talk about it uh, to to myself. Um, but there, it's sad that we we stop reading to children at a certain age. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and I there is some there's there's some case to be made for well, at a certain age, kids don't want you to read to them. Um, it's like that. But, I don't think that's. But true. I don't think it's true. You know, I think I think that. Um, we wouldn't have movies or theater yeah, if that was yeah. the case. I, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, my kid's 14. He doesn't want his mom to read to him anymore. And it's like, but honestly, he might, <laughs> you know, he, he probably does, you know, deep down. Um, but well, my mom and I used to listen to uh, Janet Ivanovich audiobooks together in the car. Yes. Yeah. That was that. Was, those are memories I really cherish. I mean, being read to is a, it's a beautiful thing, and this I think Win Dixie would be a wonderful um, family read aloud, or uh, you know, at bedtime, a chapter at a time with a young child. Um, so yeah. Uh, speaking of, we should probably give a little brief synopsis for those who have not read the book. Yep. Um, <laughs> per- yeah. Perfect timing. <laughs> 
basically uh, it's a story about a, a girl, India Opal, um, who finds a dog in a grocery store and uh, takes him home. And he, having him in her life changes her life. Yeah. Is that? And she, they, she recently moved to this town. Yes. Yes. She's a lonely uh, recent trans, what, what's her, not transport. What's the word? Tra- transport. Transplant. Transplant. Thank you. Transplant. <laughs> I, for a second, I was like, she can't be meaning refugee. <laughs> no, transplant. <laughs> this is a transplant. She, yeah. From Watley, Florida to Naomi, Florida. Yes. Yeah. And I she's ten, 10 years old. Yeah. She's she's a little one. Yeah. Yeah. And um, well, yeah, go ahead. Which is, is that, no, I think that's fantastic. <laughs> um, so... So one of the things that, that stands out to me about this book is that at the very, really at the outset, um, you have a, a girl who's dealing with um, some heavy stuff. Um, her, her mom left. Um, her mother abandoned she and her dad. And one of the first interactions that you see um, Opal or India Opal having with her dad is asking him to tell her 10 things about her mother because she can't remember anything um, because her mom left when she was three and that's one of the things that I really I really love about this book and I love about Kate Kate DiCamilla's books in general Um, she does not shy away from dealing with heavy and difficult topics in Mm -hmm. a children's book that's that's a note in particular this book Absentee parents, yeah. alcoholism, yes. and incarceration. Yes, those are the three that I've I noted. And and she she presents them in a completely child appropriate fashion, which I think is just amazing. <laughs> like I really don't know that many authors that can do that. I I don't know many people that can do that. Um, in in interacting with children, um, but it, it's all delivered in um. A realistic and a gentle way um, that's easy for a child to identify with and digest. Um, and I think that that's, uh, I, I don't know, I think that that's a, a key um, attribute of this of this story. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think, I, I think structurally it's very cleverly written mm-hmm. um, because it does sort of have that vibe of, of a, a girl carrying on. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and when she meets this dog, she has the confidence to go out to the town and, and meet virtually everyone. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Virtually everyone in in town. Because um, I was looking at this in terms of also a very successful friendship novel. Mm, um, yeah, where absolutely. Ra- uh, but also it's a kid's book. Yeah. So it's, you know, we, we see that all the time in kids' books. Um but what I like about this book is everyone's a potential friend. Yeah. Um, she she doesn't go off of preconceived uh, opinions. Like, she'll make her opinion, and oftentimes she'll stick with it. Right. When it comes to, often kids her own age, we have Amanda Wil- Wilkerson or Wilkinson. Yep. And then there's um, the two, bo- the brothers. The Dewberry boys. Dewberries, yep. The Dewberry do- boys. Um, uh, where she, she tends to make connections faster with people who are older. Yeah. Yeah, um, and so there's, we're talking, there's part yeah. of me that wonders if that's because she's a preacher's daughter, um, because mm. she's she's in this setting where, 
you know, if her dad's a preacher and he's sort of doing his his job, um, he's going to have adults coming into his house seeking counsel or um, or aid in some way um, at all, all the time, and she's constantly going to be um, a party to these these more adult interactions. I think there there's also a detail in the book where she believes that kids don't want to get close to her because she's going to rat on them Yes. to her father who's going to rat on them to God. Right, right. Um, yeah, yeah, or something yeah. Like that, which I, I, like, it's perfect kid logic. Oh, it totally is, yeah. And I absolutely, and I, I adore, like, the idea that God wouldn't know that they were sinning. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, <laughs> right. that's, and an agent is like, a, like, a preacher is like a sleeper Sally. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just, yeah, yeah. Taking notes on being like, like, okay, well, Miss Fanny Block right. did not get d- does not tithe, yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> so she's in trouble. She's um, in trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, it, like you said, the kid logic is spot on, um, and it's one of those things we, we talk about it all the time on the podcast of people who don't write kids well versus people who do, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think Kate DiCamillo writes kids incredibly I think, well. I think Kate DiCamillo writes everyone incredibly well. Yeah. Um, and luckily kids are included. Because you have authors who are really good at like writing adults. Yeah. And then you're like, or or even, why, oh, see this in YA, decent at writing teenagers. And then there's like a baby brother yeah. who comes in and you know that he's a baby brother because he has a speech impediment. Right. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and, God, it really, oh, gosh golly, does it get my goat? I um, know, I know. But in and because of Win Dixie, there's a cl- like there's a clear understanding uh, between the amount of living all of the characters have done. Yeah. So you have you have an amount. Uh, you have elderly characters or older characters. Um, so like like Gloria Dump, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the not witch. And you have the librarian Fanny Block or yeah. Franny? Franny I think or Fanny? Franny. I think Franny. I can't remember now. Um, I have the book here, but can't be fucked to uh, <laughs> <laughs> take a look. Um, then uh, under that, you have like the preacher, and then you have Otis. Otis, yeah. Who uh, works at the pet store. Yeah. And then it just kind of goes down from there. You have Amanda Wilkerson, you have the Dewberries, then you have Sweetie Opal, Pie. And then you have Opal, and then you have Sweetie Pie. Yeah. So you have like this whole spectrum of people of different ages. Yeah. That I'm actually, I'm pretty proud. I think that is how. I think that's right. Yeah. I think, I think, you, I I think, think you nailed that's how it. That goes. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, you could tell when you're talking when Opal is talking to the adults, they they are speaking from this position of knowledge yes. and insight yes. that you could you see are absent in the children, right? Um, but not in a way that's like listen to your elders. It's it's just there, right. It, right? The lesson isn't that we know more than you and you have to listen to grownups. It's that the grownups are talking to you like you are a person, right? Um, who happens to be this 10 year old girl. Um, yeah. And, and I think that there's a lot of uh, empathy that comes into play there. Yeah. That is part of the effectivity of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and everything is um, the, to- the tone of the, the story and the tone that all of the characters take on is very simple and straightforward, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate. Um, and that, that's not to say that there aren't like nuances to the characters. Every every character is 
fully fleshed out and has their own personality, but there's not, um, ah, I don't know, there's not a lot of beating around the bush, right? It's like people kind of, they say what they mean and they mean what they say, but mm-hmm. not in a boring way. <laughs> it's actually in a really impactful way. Can I, can I build off yeah, of that? Yeah, please. There's really only two things. I got through like half of the things already that I wanted to say. Yeah. But there's two two things that I really want to talk about. And one of them is related to what you're saying. Now, uh, the existence of this fictional candy, the litmus lozenge. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so Franny, we'll go with Franny. Franny yeah. Block. Franny, yeah. I'm not going to be able to find. I, let know, me look it up. Okay, okay, I, I'll talk. I'll vamp. Vamp um, and I'll look it up. <laughs> her uh, her great-grandfather it, it had a candy factory mm-hmm. where he made, his name was Litmus, and he made Litmus lozenges, which yes. um, taste like root beer and strawberries and sorrow. Yeah. Um, which is so, like... It's amazing. pretty metal. It's, I mean, it's amazing. Pretty, for for a kid's book, um, and and everyone can taste it. It's Franny. It is Franny. Franny. Yeah. All right. You you get put, point to Basin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the litmus lozenge, and it ta- it tastes like sweet and sad. Yeah. Um, which conceptually, I I'm really in love with. Oh, it's so great. Um, because everyone can taste it. Yep. But looking at the book structurally. The existence of the litmus lozenge is except it's essentially a backstory pill. Um, oh yeah. Where what one it is like the primary way that we as readers get yep. to know about all of the characters' pasts. Right, right. Um, like when we're talking about the girl Amanda, like it's through it's through the sadness of eating this candy that we, that we learned about Carson. Yeah. yeah, her brother Carson died the year before. Yeah, um, and we—it's how we learn that Otis, the guy who works at the book the bookstore, my brain is like store <laughs> must have books. Um, uh, works at the pet store uh, was uh, incarcerated for assaulting an officer. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because he wanted to busk, which also that cop. Oh. Needed to back off. Yeah, Even no in kidding. that story, I'm, no I'm like, oh, so he was playing a guitar? Yeah, right. Let's put him in jail. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, 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 it's good. It's good. Remember. It's true. Yep, yep. Um, uh, so we have uh, we have that. So she she's going around town and just giving these candies to people. And the candies are like, you know what? I will tell you about my trauma. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yeah. And it's it's this very quick, efficient way to be like, we have all these characters. How are we going to learn about their lives in a way that's going to make us care about them a little mm-hmm. bit more? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's I think it's structurally clever. Yeah. Um, reading it, I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think the word lozenge is gross. Are you this one of those who thinks the word moist is gross too? No, 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 no. Because <laughs> my a personality moist developed past 2010. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the idea, like, I think it's good because it's an it, it it sounds like an old word, despite yeah. the fact that we have lozenges. Right, right. Uh, it's like, what do they call candy in the past? <laughs> a litmus lozenge. Kid. A litmus lozenge. That's really funny. Um, get them while they're good, and <laughs> uh, but there's something like. I don't know. It, 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 I find it off-putting. I don't know why. I can't articulate it past that. But That's fine. About, 
We all got eating our a loz- eating a lozenge for fun. We we all got our things. I get it. Yeah. Um, I, well, a plot device that I enjoyed, um, or well, it's it's not even a plot device, uh, but a, a similar thing about sadness that I enjoyed was Gloria Dump's um, ghost tree, and I loved. I love that image um, mm-hmm. of the tree with all of the bottles um, from from her past as an alcoholic. Um, it's the most striking and interesting picture I think we get in the whole book. Yes, yes. Except I will argue, I think when Dixie, we get a really great picture of him Fine. <laughs> as a dog, at, especially at the very beginning when she finds him in the grocery store. And he's this like mangy, patchy furred dog that somehow also smiles at you like i just i love that so much Uh, that and that baffles me itself because i know how the story needs to work but when dixie's so good at making friends i don't know why (laughs) everyone in the supermarket at the beginning is freaking out is so pissed off because i i know that if they're not pissed off we don't get a book right right out of it yeah but at the same time after that moment Everyone this dog comes in contact with is enamored with the dog. Yeah, yeah. That is a really, really good point. That's really funny. <laughs> and it's so uh, like, yeah, no, listen, dog's not supposed to be in a grocery store. I get that. But we're, we were able to brush that off for almost every other location the dog was at, like the library, right. the, the trailer park. The, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a dog so that goes funny. to church. It's not there. It's like, oh, well, I have a fr- no, it's, I'm nitpicking. <laughs> but there's something about that. There's, there's something about that. He's, he's there. He's shopping for lozenges. <laughs> well, and also the lozenges. How old are they supposed to be? Yeah, I guess because they, they were popular. It's been at least a few decades, because, I think. So Franny says that her her grandfather, great-grandfather, grandfather? Great-grandfather. Is, Fought in the Great Wall. Yeah, he was a Confederate soldier. That's another thing we should talk about. <laughs> yeah, he knew uh, he knew Jasper from Twilight. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, were, that's they deployed at the same time. That's the one. That's the one thing that I. That's my one big beef with with this book. I, I love this book so much. Um, but the the sort of take on the civil war and the the gone with the wind being the book that is chosen to read to um we we have franny talking about how the war was about slavery and states rights yeah but in actuality it's states rights to have slavery right right exactly and it and to me i'm like okay well this is probably accurate for how this conversation would go in certain parts of florida right Yes. But at the same time, uh, can we please step away from this narrative, especially in children's literature? Like, I just... And I imagine the people who, listening to this, who had read Winn-Dixie when they were younger... Yeah. ...are thinking, what the fuck? They talk about states' rights? Yeah, right? In in this book? And it's it's like a complete little, like, one-off line, but still, it's there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like when your friend from college is trying to test your political waters. You know, <laughs> yes, <you> know? yes. <laughs> you're like, so uh, gun control, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, we can just have a drink together. Yeah, we, we really don't have to get into this. Um, yeah, that's that's the one thing that like it it bugs me every time I read this. Um, that I'm like. 
So especially because Gloria Dump, I believe, is described as a black woman, yes. and 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 she, at the very least, she's portrayed as a black woman in the movie. Okay, yeah. So so then you know, Opal wants to read to her, and and she asks Franny for a book recommendation, and she's oh, Gone with the Wind is a great story, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, <laughs> <So> <laughs> really? Like this is this is the choice we're making? Ah, um. That I don't know. It just uh, it's it sticks. <laughs> She's like native son. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Opal's like Gloria. What is the Communist Party? <laughs> um. Yeah. So that that is always that's always the thing that sort of uh, casts a pall on this book for me mm-hmm. is is the sort of. Um, I don't know the glorification of the the good old South, like the good uh, the good old days. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, can I tell you uh, my other big gripe? Yeah, please. I cannot stand the preacher. Okay, um, get get uh, into that because I'm I want to I want to I want to hear about this. Um, do you like you like the preacher? I you know it's funny on this read I feel like I was I was kind of indifferent to him. To be honest, I I understand the character. Yeah. Uh, but I I can't stand. I understand him, but I can't stand him. Yeah. Um, for a, a number of reasons. One, I I don't, I don't really like the sort of disaffected man of rationalism, mm-hmm. uh, who like by by the construction of the book tends to be the knowing a knowing figure, right? Of of the community, um. But he fe- feels so stony. Yeah. To yeah. Uh, st- stony like stoic, not stony like, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he's stoned all the time. <laughs> yeah, like he is like, splitting an edible with his kid. Um, <laughs> not like that. Uh, stony like stoic. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and emotionally removed. Yeah. Um, from many ways, like she has to draw information about her mother out of him. Right. Um. And to the point where, oh, the emotional climax at the end, where uh, they, where Opal thinks when Dixie's run away and is afraid because the thunderstorm is going, and he goes with her. I like that he goes with her. Yeah, but yeah. But I, I do love this moment where she fucking snaps at him. Right. I know. I love she it. She snaps too. at him, and it's like, you, and you don't know this. You didn't tell me anything about my mom, and what now? Now I'm scared. And the one thing that's brought me some sort of peace and and, and grounding yeah. in, in in this new town is the dog that's gone, and you just wanted to give up and. Uh, and he's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I haven't done all I, I've, I've been able to do. Right. Um, and, and the big thing that fucking does it for me is the Dewberry Boys. Mm. And, and and this is this is something that I get, we get from Gloria Dump as well. Um, but the Dewberry Boys are picking on her. Yeah. And, and looking back, like, reading this as adults, we can see it's like, okay, it's that classic, it's that annoying classic narrative where right. at least one of the boys actually really likes her but yeah. doesn't know how to express it. Um, which is a trope that I'm sick of. Oh yeah. Um, um, but they are picking on her. Right. Uh, they're picking on her, and when she finally retaliates, doing exactly what they're doing to her, she's the one who gets reprimanded for it. Yeah. Um, so you you have uh, you have Gloria being like I I think Gloria is the least offensive of this, uh, being like, well I want you to try because yeah. she, she's at least she's she's not like. Well, I know better than you. And get it. Uh, she, right, she's at least right. like, 
listen, I think that there's something else going on here with these boys. Yeah, yeah. That, but, but, uh, the second she retaliates, they complain to the mom. The mom complains to the preacher, and the preacher's like, "You have to, have to be the bigger person." Yes. Now, I one would hate that for any any kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, being like, okay, the parent says that these you have to apologize to these people who have been picking on you. Um, but I also hate that it's a girl being forced to mm-hmm. apologize to a bunch of boys. Because mm-hmm. um, then that's... we get back. To, it, we get that boys will be boys right. sort of narrative and it's it's the girl's job to be more mature for everyone right um and i can't i couldn't fucking stand that um and i'm i'm there being like this these characters like these older characters are supposed to like know so much more mm-hmm. it feels like such a sideways lesson yeah um, yeah, yeah, where, yeah in fact reinforces privilege but for these uh, these characters you don't like cuz they're written to be a little nasty right um and so I, I couldn't. I had very little patience for all of that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like so. In I, I do. I, I didn't hate the preacher. Um, I don't. I don't hate him. But I do feel. I feel very indifferent to him because I am looking at the situation that they're living in, and I'm thinking, okay, the mom left seven years ago, and he's still this like cagey with his daughter. Like that's. That's like he's got some stuff, you know. And like, um, and this is a troubled man. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it's it's even you know the way that Opal talks about him. You know, she she calls him daddy, but she thinks of him as the preacher, and that to me is just like so weird. This dynamic that's I mean, like she's like father, and he's like colleague. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, so that, I mean, that to me, like, it makes me, I don't, I don't like him, but I was not like mortally offended or angry at him. There have been worse fathers. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. But I, but I get what you're saying. Like he's, he's kind of, you're supposed to root for him, right? But but he's not, he's not really necessarily behaving in a rootable fashion he's written (laughs) he's written to be sympathetic but at the same time yeah he could show up more yeah yeah absolutely um sorry i just got a a text message and i should not be looking at my phone while we're talking it was from my (laughs) husband that's the reason that i looked at it um (laughs) it wasn't like uh i don't know joe schmo telling me about a sandwich um (laughs) oh well I got it. I, I have a text too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and look at that. They're selling pastrami on rye down at Joe Schmo's. So, Joe Schmo. So. I'm also uh, distracted because I'm feeding a baby right now. So. Oh, Joe, Joe Schmo's sausage rolls. Down, at, down on I-95. Um, um, yeah, so, so then, uh, yeah, so a preacher, he's a person. Yes. He's written like a person. Yes. Um, uh, uh, I just would yeah. not want to spend time. I wouldn't go to that church. No, I feel you. Yeah, he's he is a, a flawed flawed human, but honestly, I'd rather hang out with Glo- Gloria Dump. She's yeah, she's the, I think my favorite character. Th- that's that's the thing. The, the all of the characters in this book are flawed humans. Yes. Which is great because they're real. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> like a, your dog scared the shit out of me. Here comes my Winn-Dixie. Oh, oh Ziggy, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, my God. <laughs> Did she just get, like, a baby she toy? Just, 
took a carrot off of my plate. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. You're sitting there. You're feeding your baby. Oh your God. dog comes in. Look <laughs> at this is so incredibly appropriate. <laughs> she's, she's going for another. Do you see? Yes, I do. She's chowing and then, down. And now the baby's crying. Oh, my God. I got to go get her. Oh, hang on. <laughs> vamp, Jack. Vamp. Okay. Sir, those of you who listened to a previous episode, um, I'm still on the fence about whether or not I want to uh, plant uh, poison ivy outside my windows. Um, but the book is just so lovely. Uh, and you never really... I, I, it, and it's over quick. I right? swear to God, my dog is Win Dixie. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so I want to. I want to talk. I, I think we should talk about Gloria Dump, but I want to talk about Otis real quick because I think there's less uh, to say about. Yeah, yeah. Talk about Otis. We should talk. But about so, him. Uh, Otis is a former felon. Mm-hmm. Um, convicted. Conv- was he a felon? Convicted criminal. Convicted oh, criminal. He he, he did broader. he did time right. He he did time in jail. That's that's what he thinks of when he eats the backstory pill. Yes. Um, <laughs> the litmus and, lozenge. Lozenge. Uh, and uh, what happens is he he's kind of uncomfortable around people, you know, because he is yeah. he is awkward, but he is like open to trying. Yes. And I think that's what makes that's fundamentally what makes a likable character. Yeah. Is you put them up against their flaw and they're willing to try anyway. Right, right. Um, and so he's willing to talk about his ex- experience. And what I think is fantastic about the book is that they don't. Sh- Opal has these preconceived prejudices mm-hmm. about criminals. And she's like, Am I allowed to spend time with you knowing that you went to jail? Right, right. Ergo, you must be a, a bad, bad person. Bad person, right. Um, but the the book is much better than that. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, they pick it apart to the point in which Opal doesn't allow Otis to isolate himself. Yeah. She invites him to the party at the end of the book. Yeah. And virtually gives him no excuses not to go. Right, right. Um, and he does go. And what one I, I think it's such a brilliantly human moment. Where he brings a jar of pickles. I love the jar of pickles. Yeah. And and it's like the it's like the red solo cup, you know, <laughs> like the grounding object that allows people who are feeling awkward just to exist at a party. Right. Right. Um. So he's got this jar of pickles, and people go up and say, "Hi, how are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm good. I brought a jar of pickles." Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's his. I I carried a watermelon. <laughs> like... it, it's it. It's it, and. It's quirky and it's this moment of humor, but it's so incredibly real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as well, that it's like, oh, it's like, oh, they go great with the food that we have. Bring it in. Come yeah. on in. And, um, it's just this wonderful, like, listen, going to jail does not mean you are a bad person. Right, right. Which is a dynamic that I think you almost never see in a lot of kids' No, fiction. no. And I think that it's really important for kids to get a story like that and to get this character who is so lovable. And he's kind of magical, too, right? Like, I mean, he can charm the animals by playing music mm-hmm. on his guitar. And that's Yeah, he's got so this Pied amazing. Piper yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. And then, but but he, yeah, he, he was in jail. And he's still a good person. And that's... I 
I, I don't know. I think that's great. Um, I really do. I think this is a, it's a book that, um, it, it raises a lot of challenges for children, for, for child mm. readers, um, to the things that they're, they might hear from, from parents or adults in authority figures, you know, oh, that person's a drunk, so they're no good, you know, and then, yeah. and then you meet somebody like Gloria Dump, who was, was, is an alcoholic, and, um, and says, yeah, I did a lot of bad things, and I'm not a bad person. And you know that she's not a bad person. And that that level of like self authority, yeah, is so great. It's like it feels like she's at the top of Maslow's pyramid. Right, right, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, Gloria, she's definitely my favorite character. I don't know, if she's probably everybody's favorite character. I would imagine, right? She's like, great. She's great. She's great. Yeah, she's. I think she's my favorite. Yeah, I don't know. Um, she, you know, instantly. I like Litmus Block, founder <laughs> of the Litmus Lozenge. <laughs> Well, and I was just thinking, I realized a litmus, a litmus test is the thing. Yeah. Right. Is that also like kind of a, I don't, I don't know if it's an intentional thing, but I was thinking about like a litmus test. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of see how the, people react to the, the magical the, sorrow pill. The sorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Introducing sorrow chunks. <laughs> Gross. From Nestle. <laughs> That's just chocolate. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Yeah. Gloria. So the Dewberry boy, brothers, boys. Brothers, yeah. Yeah. I sat and I was like, is that a band? (laughs) The Dewberry Brothers. (laughs) The the Doobie Brothers is what. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what you're thinking of. That's so funny. (laughs) Oh, my God. So the Doobie Brothers. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, obviously, the best characters, most likable. Um, no, so uh, G- Gloria is made fun of by these boys just as a means of one picking picking on this older woman without her present, and two to get under Opal's skin, right? Um, about it, and you you could just like even in the book, Gloria just has this calming presence. She does, yeah. Uh, she's like, we're gonna listen, we're gonna. We're going to hang out. I'm going to tell you. No, that was Franny. Who had the bear? That was Franny. Oh, Franny had the bear. Yep. Franny. Yep. Franny's a really good storyteller. She's a good. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was a bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, with that. So, yeah. Gloria, really fleshed out, well-rounded, um, good adult. Yes. She's a good adult. She is a good adult. Yeah. Yeah. And she, um, she does. It's funny because, they, you know, the Dewberry... <laughs> The Dewberry Brothers. The Dewberry Brothers. Do the Newberry Award. The Dewberry Brothers. They do. They call her a witch, and then she does have this kind of like mystical um, quality to her. I feel like she she seems like a, a like a seer or something like that. You know, like she uh, a, like not a seer, uh, like an all knowing. You know, whatever. God. <laughs> God. Oracle. <laughs> Oracle. Thank you. <laughs> uh, especially because she has the the. I don't know if she's completely blind or if she is. Um, In the movie, she's visually I, impaired, right? 
I don't know why I have this crystal clear memory of the movie, but Gloria Dump does say, I can make out the general shape of things. Ah, uh, okay. And I don't think that was in the book, but I for some reason remember. it is flashbulbed onto yeah. my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but so she has this oracular quality of, you know, she um, she sees everything even though she can't see things. Ha ha. Um, and she, you know, she's this great, great person for... Um, opal to connect with and um and i love that uh i do i just i love that these friendships just evolve naturally and that like you were saying like it doesn't matter the age the age is not a barrier um background all of that um everyone it's easy to form friendships yeah all parties recognize the humanity of the other parties yeah and i would say this fundamentally is a book about a girl and a dog going around town recognizing the humanity of the people around her. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a great way to sum it up. Which is, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's dis, Yeah, it's a good, it's a good book little book. Book is dis. It's a good, it's a good little book. I think people should read it. I think probably everybody does at this point. Um, but yeah, I just, I do wish. Well, it's, so. up, it's up there. I think it's a canonical. Yes. We got like it, I think it's there with Bridge to Terabithia. Yes, yes, I would agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Now there's something being delivered under the door of this room. Um. Okay. The- <laughs> Listeners, I'm sorry. This is not good content. Um, <laughs> no, well, the uh, your face just became so stark. I saw like <laughs> I was like, oh, well, uh, we have a time crunch, so yes, we, we better, I know we, we better be going to rabbits anyway. We better do rabbits. Um, yeah. So, so, so we'll do that. Just everyone, just sort of fill in what you think happened there. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which is good because we're on. We're, uh, we're, it's time for rabbits anyway. Rabbits. I hate rabbits. If there's anything I hate more than a rabbit, it's two rabbits. Hello and welcome to Rabbits. This is the segment at the end of the show where we rate the book on a scale of none to five rabbits. You can give something a decimal. Just don't think too hard about what it means to give something half of a rabbit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Marty, because, oh God, you you just rose your baby into the frame. And at this point I should know the baby's there, but I was so like, whoa. It's all good. Yeah. I'm I'm just burping her now. (laughs) Uh, because of Winn-Dixie by Kate D. Camillo. Yes. Uh, what do you, how many rabbits are you giving this? I am giving it, um, four and a quarter rabbits. Um. I think it's a great book. Um, I I think it's a good one that ki- for kids to read. I think it's a good one for families to read together. I enjoy it every time I read it. But like I said, I have that bone to pick with the whole um, uh, uh, good old good old South days. The Civil War. So Civil War. I, I I don't really I don't really enjoy that element of it. So so that kind of knocks three quarters of a rabbit off for me. Um, There's like always one in every book. There is. Yeah. Where you hit that point and, and you're like. You're just like, uh, uh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, so <laughs> when so Bella, Bella Swan's like, you'll take my guns from me in my cold, dead hands. And you're like, whoa. <laughs> Hang on a second. 
Um, so yeah, four four and a quarter for me. Um, but I do I enjoy this little book, and I really like Kate DiCamillo. So uh, so Kate, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm a big fan. Sponsor, um, <laughs> sponsor us, please. Um, how about you, Jack? How many rabbits are you giving it? I think um, I was gonna do three and a half. Oh wow! Yeah, I think I'll th- I think I'll do three and three quarters. Oh wow! Okay. I go three point seven five. Um, I like the book. I think it's a good book. Uh, it I it doesn't spark like joy. <laughs> oh okay. I like I I think it's a fine book and it's great for so many reasons. Like I think friendship. I think it uh healthy relationships between people regardless of age and background. Yeah. Um. Like I think I think that's very good. Uh, but there are there are annoyances that yeah. I find, particularly with characters like the the preacher, uh, who I think is a well written character, um, but I just don't think he's as sympathetic as he's supposed to be. Yeah. Um. To the point where I imagine Opal growing up and being the primary responsible. I mean, the primary emotional. Um, processor mm-hmm. of the household mm-hmm. like he has stuff he's not going to process that she's going to have to work through her, her herself yeah right, um right which i don't think i don't think it's fair um so yeah three three and three quarters rabbits i like yeah. it i don't lo- i don't love i don't love it it's it's fine it's a fine read yeah yeah gloria dump should have her own book she should i agree definitely i do like the fact that opal's last name is baloney yeah. And the backstory is her friends uh, or kids at her old school used to call her lunch meat. Yeah. That's that's very fun. It is. That's like her backstory. <laughs> uh, with that. So, uh, yeah, three and three quarters. Cool. Solid. Yeah. <laughs> Any final thoughts? Because of Winn-Dixie by Kate? DiCamillo. Um, no, I'm, I'm good. I think I said everything I need to. Yeah. yeah. Same. All right. Another one for the books. Another one for the books. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We have been the Summer Reading Podcast. Our music is by Nathan Morrissey. He's a good lad. You can find him on Instagram at nathan.morrissey77. Our editor is my brilliant, wonderful, lovely, amazing, beautiful, brilliant mother, Rosa Maria. You can find her on Instagram and on Etsy at crochetwell. All one word. I have been your professor. My name is Jack. You can find me on Instagram at Jack from TV. All one word. And I've been your librarian. My name is Marty. You can find me on Instagram at Marty underscore the K or Marty underscore Thick. And you can reach us on our email address, summerreadingpodcast at gmail.com. Please send us a note. Give us book recommendations, um, corrections, information. Tell us how much you love us, please. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, And won't you join us next time when we are back to series week with Catching Fire by Suzanne Collins. Yeah. We'll hear you then. Yeah. Yeah.